good evening, or as the case may be, late night for all you people on the internet. This is Kent and Chris with Kent at Your Own Risk, episode number 32, House of the Dragon, episode 6, The Princess and the Queen. I believe that's what the title of the episode is. It is. Um, all right, so we finally get the fucking big time jump that we've known has been coming since episode one. I barely noticed. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you being serious? A few changes. Or just, <laughs> just, just a few changes. Me. I mean, everybody else kind of, you know, I mean, okay, so there's what, like seven kids and, you know, people look slightly older. Viserys may look like he's dead and come back from the dead. But I mean, other than that, everybody else looks pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, okay. I would, you know, I would say that maybe not. <laughs> I mean, we have I what, mean, like it, four it, or five it, new actors and actresses <laughs> for parts that we had just an episode ago. I mean, did, did we just start a brand new show? I, I feel like the first five episodes was a brand like a show, and now we just start a different show. This really felt like it should be episode one of like season two. Yeah, I, I would have actually been satisfied if they would have done like the five episodes and be like, wait, six months, and then we start season two after the time jump. I would have actually been okay with that. Uh, I would have too. And like, there's a lot to like in this episode, but at the same time, it almost, to me, like, this is my summation, it, it felt like ten years have passed. Here you go. We're not going to really show you what's... To- oh, shit, we need to hurry up and catch up because ten years have passed. Yeah, at the very least, say on the screen, ten years later. Like, I know that they say ten years at least once or twice in the episode, but just put it on the screen so everybody's just kind of like, oh, okay, I get it. Immediately. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like Again, like I said, there's a lot to like in this episode. And, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, this is the best episode so far, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of the things in this episode were super rushed. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here's... I'll say this to start this off. I feel it's almost kind of a shame that this wasn't its own season, because I feel like, notably, the two ladies that played Rhaenyra and Allison, the younger versions are going to be so quickly forgotten and they were both really good actresses and I kind of wish they had a few months to still like have that shine on the resume but like it they're instantly forgotten now. Yeah. I don't know, I think it's kind of a shame. I, I thought they were both really good. And uh I mean I don't I don't know that I necessarily think the two people who replaced them are better. Uh no, no. Yeah. I th- I think the original two. Maybe it's because we're used to them, and maybe you know by next season we'll be like ah, just as good. But especially the lady playing Rhaenyra, they they don't even feel like the same character to me. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, it's just it's strange. I mean, Allison, I think they did a better transition with than Rhaenyra. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, we got the, those two new actresses. Uh, I think they kept the same lady for Lena. That was in yes, but we got a new Lenor as well. For for Lena, Lenor. Oh, Lenor, Lenor. Um, was that a new actor? Shoot, I don't know. I'm pretty sure because like the nose was completely different. Okay, that 
It would make sense because he was so young looking. I mean, I think they kind of had to do that. Yeah. Um, here, here's a bewildering question. I just got to start right off with, why did they cut Damon's hair for like one, one episode? One episode. <laughs> like, I kind of liked it short, and now it's right back to long. I'm like, what? What was the point? Like, I don't get it. I don't know either. I. Yeah. It looked good, right? It like did, it yeah. looked good. Okay. Um, I mean, I have many complaints and many praises to offer this, but I do have some complaints, and I, you know, uh, the yeah, some some of the actors maybe an upgrade, some were a slight downgrade. Overall, like the story was still there at least, um, tenfold. Uh, yeah. Oh, one other thing, mm-hmm. and I meant to say this before we got on, but you know, people just want to hear this. Uh. I don't think you... Did you use your mute button last week? I don't think so. Why? Okay. Because there was a lot of stuff I, I had to edit in the oh, podcast last I'm week. sorry. That's okay. Uh, once I figured it out, it wasn't that bad. But it took me a while. I was like, what am I hearing? Am I breathing heavy and have two people here? I couldn't figure it out. I was bewildered. Um, gotcha. With, with that being said, um, I don't know. I have a lot of comments, but I guess... Most of the comments kind of go hand-in-hand hand with the review. But. All right, so I'm going to do my best since, like, finding a good recap is fucking hard now. Um, so we open with Rhaenyra, new Rhaenyra, NR? I don't know. I don't know what we want to call her. Um, giving birth uh, doesn't look fun. <laughs> it's like a just a POV shot of her for the entire thing. Thankfully, we don't, you know. Uh, and then, as soon as the baby is born, uh, a maid comes in and says, the queen wants to see him. Like, did, was that lady just waiting there for that piece of information? Like, was did Allison go, all right, as soon as that child's born, you immediately tell her I want to see that baby? Like, is that... Because that's the only way that timing works, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was just sitting outside. Allison was like, yo... Soon as that bitch drops the B, go grab it and bring it to me. I yeah. didn't even know that was going to rhyme before I started it. <laughs> that dude, that's okay. In some of my notes, I write rain lane, so it happens. But um, uh, Jesus, where was I? Oh, um, so Renera's like, nope. Uh, I will take her. I mean, I, I guess things have. And we find out further along that, yes, uh, have disintegrated between the queen and her to the point where she's afraid to let her baby alone with the queen. Like, that's that's a scathing indictment of a relationship right there. Yeah, she was in so much pain, and she was just like, nope, don't trust the bitch. I'm going. Did, did, did they show us a circumcision? Is that what, what yeah. that was? No, the uh, it was cutting the umbilical cord. Oh, okay. I'm sitting there like, what? What the hell are they showing us? Okay, yeah, that makes so much more sense now. And they, I think, uh, they, if I remember correctly, they did it in the right order, like right before. And then she goes to take a couple steps, and that's when the afterbirth comes. Yep, good old afterbirth. So then, as she's walking through the castle, wait, wait, wait. Can we just comment that Lenore's basically like his first line after ten years is, "Well done." Okay, I, I my notes. He said, "Well done." 
Uh, so Lenor shows up as she's getting ready to leave, and he's um, escorting her, you know, trying to be strong for her. He says, well done. Um, and you can get the sense that while they're married, they get along, but they don't get along well. Like They're, they're like acquaintances. Yeah. Uh, I would say more like co-workers. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Good good analogy. But uh, he is also very, you know, skeptical of the queen doing this shit. And he wants to just take her back to the apartment and ignore it. But she's like, nope, can't do it. Uh, I love at the end of this scene, too, when you get the view of the hallway and you see that she's just been bleeding the entire time that she's fucking been walking. I mean, mad. I don't like the, the actress as much so far, but mad props to her for fucking, you know, Renera's got fucking balls. Yeah, it, I gotta say, I enjoyed Lenor this whole time because not only did he have the well done thing, he just, he goes, he's like, "Hey, was that painful?" Because I once took a lance through the shoulder, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> like, I get where he's coming from, and he's trying to be, um, yeah, commiserating, but. And especially some stuff that you learn later on in the episode, you're like, dude, you should have a, like, a slightly better idea of, you know, what to fucking say. Right, because this is child number three. Which we, so he... we don't know at the time right, at the start of the episode. Know. But yeah, at yeah. child number three, you should be like, all right, I'm just going to stay out of your way because I realize that the uh, the pain and the uh, the uh, endorphins and everything's flowing right now and you're probably going to be saying some shit that you mean but you normally keep to yourself yeah pretty much um so we get to the queen's sitting room study what ha- i think it's actually Viserys' room isn't it because uh, they're in the room with the so old delirium or it could just be their own other room because i'm sure they have you know however many rooms they're just Random, so. but that's. But the, I think it is. It's the one with the model, though, isn't it? Oh, was it? I, Maybe. I don't. Yeah, I think it was. Okay. Because. Well, anyways, um, and uh, help me with this scene because I don't remember everything that went down in order. All right. Like the queen so, takes the baby, and she's like. <laughs> she goes, Rhaenyra, you should be super... Wait, no. She goes, Rhaenyra, you should be resting after your labors. Like, that was her first comment, which was just hilariously, like, I don't know. I don't want to say sarcastic or malicious, but it was, like, perfect timing. And as we get the whole episode, Viserys is, like, the polar opposite Allison at almost every turn of this episode and he immediately comes in happy as hell because he's got you know a new grandson um and Leonor immediately is like yeah we're gonna call the baby Joffrey and Rhaenyra's like I just did all this stuff and you're just gonna name the kid I mean so. again that's another way that it like it really kind of doesn't seem like 10 years have passed you know, like There's you would have think you would have think right? well, you would have think that like if you're going to name one of your children after your lover who was murdered at your wedding, it would be like the first one, you know, not not the third one. You know, like six years later. Uh, yeah, or 
maybe uh, just a middle name. I, I, yeah. Come on, people discuss this stuff beforehand. Uh, like, and and I laughed because when Viserys come in, came in, my wife looked at him. They looked at me, and she's like, "He's still alive." I'm like, "Well, you know, barely. <laughs> looks like he's looks I mean, like he's missing that being missing alive. a whole arm now, and uh, his his hair is kind of looking like I don't know. He might be uh, getting ready for Halloween." Yeah, he looks like the, the crypt keeper a little bit. Jeez. Um, <laughs> once you know, another great line is Viserys is like, "Ah, oh, I hope the the labor was easy on you." Like every guy just talks like a complete idiot about like child labor. Apparently, in this era of you know Westerosian history, I don't know. I found it funny. Um, Anyways, uh, so we, yeah, Viserys is happy. Everybody's making chit chat, and then they go to leave. And Alicent's like, "Keep trying, Sir Laner. Maybe you'll have one eventually. Sooner or later, yeah, they'll 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 have one that looks like him." Ouch! It was such a line. <laughs> Ouch! But yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that that was the scene, and I mean that sets the stage for pretty much eighty percent of this episode. I would say, in some way or another, you can trace almost this whole episode back to that scene, that whole opening scene. I think. So. Yep. So uh, I. Do we go next? To, is the next scene the dragon pit? Um. Well, Rhaenyra is upset. Lenor took him upon himself to name the baby. Uh, she says he has seemed interested in their affairs lately. Uh, Lenor looks back at Kristen, which there's a lot of looks at Kristen, but we don't get anything quite yet. But after that, they go back to the quarters. We meet uh, Jay Sears and Luke Harris or Lucer yeah. Harris, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Jace let Luke um, choose the dragon egg. Um, I'm trying to figure out who the hell this dude is, and that was Sir Harwin. So, yeah, we're, you kind of skipped over that whole thing where we get Sir Harwin with nice hair all of a sudden. So, he, I, I feel yeah. like we're psychic. Because yeah. one of the last things we said last week was, geez, you know, I'd like to see more of the, the two sons of uh, Lionel Strong, you know, find out more about them. <laughs> and guess what? I got my wish, but I wish I didn't wish upon that wish. <laughs> I hear you. Um, but yeah, he gets to hold the baby, and Lenor just kind of goes off, and it, it was really a, made abundantly clear at that moment who the daddy was without them saying anything, which uh, I thought that was a well-done scene in and of itself. Apparently, Renero went from Kristen slash Crispin to uh, Sir Harwin, so definitely fond of the ins at the end of the name. Um, the old in outs and outs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, like you said, he had very good hair. Oh, his hair game was on point. Not as good as some other hair we'll be seeing later, but it was really good. Um, and after that, we get to the dragon pit. So now you. So then we get to on. the dragon pit. We've got all the boys. So the the male children, minus the you know infant, um, playing with their dragons. 
and it's not a euphemism that happens later in the episode. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so w- it was just series. Yeah, it's tr- 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 just Jace. Yeah, they keep calling them Jace. So Jace Cirrus trying to bond with his dragon, kind of Max, kind of stumbling a little bit, but. Uh, he apparently never saw how to train your dragon. Yeah, I mean, come on. Hiccup fucking got it done in like an hour and 15 minutes. Um, right. So we then cut to Aegon, who my wife showed me a meme, and it's, um, I forgot who it was. It was like uh, the kid from Stranger Things with a wig equals Aegon. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um by the way, it's weird on IMDb that it, th- okay, so there's Aegon and then his younger brother Amon, but they pronounce it Amon with a D. Yeah, that, so that's, I think IMDb has it wrong. It does. They are incorrect okay. in this case. Um, Got it. So we get kind of a l- little view of them. Renera's kids seem they're definitely younger, and they seem a little more innocent. Aegon seems a little bit of a bully and um entitled yeah. apparently Amond or Amond has not yet bonded with a dragon so they tell him hey we found a dragon for you and he's like really and then they lead a pig with wings and a tail up the stairs and tell him to be careful because the first ride is always the roughest behold the pink dread <laughs> I enjoyed that. And then Amond sneaks down into the uh, dragon rookery or whatever the hell you want to call it again. Apparently he's done this many times because he gets scared when one of the dragons breathes fire at him and runs away and gets caught. Now, quick question. If the dragon breathes fire on him, since he's Targaryen, it's not going to hurt him, right? Oh, no. No, they burn. Oh, they do. Daenerys was, like, unique in that she didn't burn. Oh, I thought they just all were, like, fireproof, I guess? Uh, No, I believe half of our cast is going to die by fire. Oh. Well, delightful. Yes. Yeah, no, that that was why there was a question of whether or not she was Azor's eye. Oh, okay, yeah. Less to do with being a Targaryen and more to do with being the chosen of, you know, the the Sun King or the God, whatever, fire. Wait, so I have to ask a question. I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I don't care since I'm on point here and I need to ask this question. So, like, later on in the episode when uh, Damon and Lena are riding the dragons, like, Lena's dragon does the fire. Damon, like, flies right through it, though. Like, it's nothing. So... Am I misreading that? Like, it seemed like he should have gotten hurt, or... No, think about, like, again, think of, like, a good good analogy. Think of how to train your dragon. You know, like, when Toothless breathes fire and Hiccup flies through it, and the only thing that burns is the, uh, like, the training manual that he's holding in his hands. Um, uh, This is the point in time where I've never seen the movie. (sighs) Okay, so that analogy... Went to, like, all six of the people who watch animated kids' movies. Um, It's the difference between, like, engulfing somebody in flame and just blowing a fireball and, like, 
running through it. Okay. I'll buy that for a dollar. You know, or, or like the difference between standing in a burning house and running through the flames that are, you know, in a doorway to get out. Okay. I accept that. I also just made another observation. Two of the child actors are both named Leo. That's got to be confusing on set. It really has to be for the kids. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Right. And just to give you even more shit, because you have the same name, we're going to call you by your character's name for the entire time that you're on set. I hope you don't have any trauma later on in life. Yeah, and then it's not going to be confusing. Aegon, Amon, like, I don't know. Jaceres, Luceres. Viserys. Now, we have two... Rainies. We have a lot... Of, we have two... We have a Rainies, a Rainier, and another Rainier. Yeah, they're only happy when it rains. Who's so. who's the yeah, other yeah, Rhaenyra? Yeah. Um, I believe one of the daughters of Lena is named Rhaenyra. Uh, Bela and what was the other one? I thought the other one was Rain, or maybe I was misreading the cast list. Oh no, it's Reyna. My bad. Yeah, so Reyna, Rhaenyra, Rhaenys. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, yeah, there, there, there must be like this is like the French, how you know like the Henry the Eighth, yeah. Henry the Ninth, uh, Louis the Fourteenth, Louis the Fifteenth, Louis the Sixteenth. You know? yeah, it'd be worse like George Foreman's household because he named all his kids George something. Yeah, that yeah, and also you know just another random thought: Has George R. R. Martin ever revealed that he used to get picked on by somebody named Joffrey? I he doesn't I, like that name, apparently. I don't well, I don't know um you know how much of that factors into this. Cause uh, uh looking up some stuff for this episode, I, I read some you know, some of the stuff that was speculation in what he'd written, but that they have way fleshed out in the show compared to you know, just the single book that he wrote. Oh, okay. Um, so, after that, what the hell do we go to? After that, well, at, well, the guard brings, um, a, a mond up to Allison. Allison's with her daughter, who is, is that, that's Helena. That's, Hel- yeah, right? Hel- Helena, yep. Helena Targaryen. Uh, which, you know, she could have at least said the name once in the scene, or somebody could have said the name, because... Do they even say the name at all in the episode? I don't think so, and I don't think, to go along with that, I don't think they. you have um, Lena and Damon having two daughters. I don't think they say one of the daughters' names. I think it's only the other one who's, who's they, named. They only say Bela. Yeah, they don't say Reyna. Yeah. Very confu- Like, come on, guys. In the first episode of a time jump and you're introducing new characters, give us some names, please. But anyway, yeah, that scene, um, what the hell bug was she holding? Like, I, it was like a big black Milli- centipede? Millipede thing? or a centipede, yeah. Oh, yeah, that that's, just made me crawl. Uh, quick story. I went clothes shopping yesterday and I found this pink hoodie and there was like, you know, five or six of them. And I'm looking, they're hanging up high and... I look at an angle, and all of a sudden, on the second one, there's this giant spider. And I, I say giant. I mean, it was at least bigger than a quarter, which to me is big, okay? And 
freaked me out. I was like, I ain't going near there. And there was only two ladies working there. I was just like, I don't care how much of a pussy I come off right now. I'm not dealing with it. So I made one of the ladies do it. I'm a real man's man. I uh, I agree, dude. I mean, that's like... It's not my responsibility. That's like time to bust out Dracaris when you see spiders. Yeah, dude. I, I freaked out. But on the plus side, the spider was not dwelling on the hoodie that I purchased, so I feel okay about it. Well, what if it touched it, though? I'll probably die within seven days. It's kind of like the ring, only with spiders. Well, thanks for sharing, because if I see a giant spider hanging from a pink hoodie now when I'm out shopping, I'm going to be like, damn you, Kent. If anybody's listening to this and ends up seeing a pink hoodie, they are going to be looking for spiders now. That's a fact. (laughs) We just made that happen. So we go to um, Allison bitching to Viserys about, A, first them making fun of uh, Aemond, uh, and then basically breaking down into like speaking in public what nobody is saying in that uh, Rhaenyra's children are not Lenors. Yes, yes. Uh, gosh, there was something about she says it's a wonder that their eggs ever hatched. That was in response to Rhaenyra's kids, right? To the to the dragons. For the children, right? The, yeah, that they're, that the eggs hatched for the, those children, though. That was kind of the gist of it, right? Because they are bastard kids. Yeah, because they're they're not pure blooded Targaryen. Well, I, I mean, her kids aren't either, so I don't know what the fuck. She's yeah, doing. well, that's what I was wondering because it seemed kind of hypocritical. I guess possibly because her children at least look like Targaryens, whereas Rhaenyra's, you know, straight up don't. Fair enough. Obviously, that would be the side that John's family (laughs) descended from, and the other side would be, you know, uh, Daenerys. Yeah, a little history lesson right there, apparently. That's an interesting thought. Probably not, though, since only one side survives the whole thing. Um, Supposedly. So we get a parable from Viserys about how he bought a, a, a mare that got knocked up by a stallion, and when the baby came out, it didn't look like either of the parents. <laughs> yeah, he had a black mare, a silver stallion got her, got her pregnant, and out came a chestnut foal. And I love how Allison's like, did you did you see the foal fuck the mare? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, like, did, did you videotape it? Do you have proof? <laughs> like, my God, woman. She might have um, descended a little bit off the fucking deep end. Just a tad. I, I did like, though, that she was like, you know, to have one child like that, okay, that's a mistake. But no, to have three child? No, that's an insult to you, the throne, you know, the person down the hall. It, it just, to all of Westeros, quite frankly, to have three. Like, she was just hell-bent. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. So then we get a brief scene with her and Crispin, slash Kristen depending upon which person is speaking, um, talking about Renera, And is this the first time we get cunt this episode? Yeah, and of course I wrote down the quote. Uh, the Princess Rhaenyra is brazen and relentless, a spider who stings and sucks her prey dry, a spoiled cunt. And then he apologized, 
And well, she I mean, she looks at him dignity. like she looks at him like, "Don't use the c word in front of me, or I'll have your fucking balls cut off." Yeah, like, dude, come on, little social decorum here, please. <laughs> but we see that he's apparently in the ten-year interim, gone from being Renera's king guard to being Allison's king guard. King's guard. He can retire in another, you know, ten years. Yeah, and then he doesn't so. have to worry about being gelded because he can fuck all he wants. Right. Too late. So, yes, and then after that we get uh, a scene that I just didn't expect, I guess. Is this the... um, the, Jack in in San Diego? I... I, um, Yeah, I I wasn't expecting this either. I laughed my ass off when I first saw it, but... Why was he in, like, the window doing it? That's what I didn't get. Why was he just standing there brazenly in the window, like, exposing himself? Like, why? Did you ever see This is the End? I did not, no. There's a scene in that where James Franco is like, who came all over the porn mag? And, um, fucking, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy from uh, Eastbound and Down and... Oh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride's like, I did. I came all over. Don't you, who even has magazines anymore? It's a fucking, he's like, when I come, it's just like a fucking geyser. I don't even aim it. It just goes wherever. <laughs> That's all I think. I'm like, that was all I was thinking. I'm like, Aegon's just like a fucking guy. He's just fucking <laughs> coming out the window. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I hope there's a maid underneath me somewhere. Uh, uh. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, he, he's really going to make it rain. And, yeah, oh, for sure. And then he gets interrupted in the middle way. of it by his mom. I mean, how fucking bad is that? <laughs> that was the best. Like, but you know what? Her reaction made it seem like this was not the first time she's walked in. No, on him it really, this. it really did. I mean, this is like, oh, it's fucking Sunday again. <laughs> Cause I, cause like, I'm sure she was like, all right, how am I supposed to react to this? Like, is this the first time? And then the director's like, no, no, that this happens all the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So she she reprimands him for making fun of his brother with a pig thing. Um, says they need to be united. Um, calls amen to twat because if we don't get cunt, we may as well get twat. Yeah, I mean, why not go for the twofer? Yeah. Uh, and you know, she says, you know, when Renera comes into power, your life could be forfeit. And he's like, I won't challenge her. And she's like, You are the challenge. Yeah, she was she was really intense, which was good. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, she is fearing for her life, and he really just doesn't get the big deal of it. But what is he probably like? Thir- no, twelve, I believe. Oh, twelve. Yeah, I mean. Between 12 and 13, yeah. yeah. So he's... Yeah. I mean, I I, ah. I can't blame him. I was a way different person at 12 or 13 than I was, you know, even at 14 or 15. I had hair. I can't even picture that. You shouldn't. It's not a good thing. But I do have pictures. So, so she then walks off without even mentioning about wanking out the window. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... Go get dressed, all right? So we, I believe the next scene is when they're in the courtyard practicing swords. Next, nope. nope. Next we have Damon and Lena riding their dragons while the rest of Pentos looks on. Okay. So, yes, we we don't even get that they're in Pentos at first. Right, we have no idea. They're, they're just doing, like, some show for these random people. 
that was kind of well, I don't want to say that was it because I mean then they go on to the feast but it was just like a weird I don't know it was a weird way to reintroduce them because it's almost I don't know I kind of looked at like they appeared to be having a good time but the rest of the episode tells me differently no I, did, I, did, I think they were um, yeah you know as long as they were on their dragons and we get a look at like the first like really fucking old dragon we've ever fucking seen in this show. Vagar, I yeah. think is his name. Vagar. Her name. Her name, yes, because she's going to have the clutch of eggs, right? Yeah. And she gotcha. she's old as fuck. She's got, like, fucking Fu Manchu eyebrows and shit. I mean, she looks like... And, well, I mean, it turns out that she is old as fuck. She was uh, Aegon the Conqueror's first wives dragon so she's you know been around since old valyria she's the last living thing i believe who lived there now i assume in dragon culture that you reach a point where you're on the downside of your life like so right now despite her size would she put up much of a fight to a quote-unquote dragon in their prime or because of her size is she still like the biggest baddest bitch on uh, out there. I believe she's still the biggest, baddest bitch because of her size. Okay, that's cool. I mean, the, kind of similar. I mean, we we got three siblings, but the way Drogon was in charge of the three of them just because he was the biggest in Game of Thrones. That makes that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think these are like Smaug dragons or like Dungeons and Dragons dragons where they have, you know, like actual intelligence and can speak and you know, that kind of thing. I think it's more like they're slightly smarter than animals, but still, you know, animalistic for all that entails. Right. Plus, they have their weird like social attachment to the one trainer. There, there's some bullet things with the dragon culture, quite frankly. Here, but okay, yeah, I, I just really didn't know how all that stuff kind of worked. But all right. So okay, so we go from the dragon flying with the fireball that Damon flies through to the. It goes right to the feast, right? Yeah, with Reg- Reggio Horatus. Who apparently is a prince of Pentos. Prince of Pentos, that's and right. And he wants them to, where they're apparently staying, to move in permanently so he can have dragons to help uh, protect Pentos from the Triarchy and Morn, who are apparently, um, excuse me, Dorn, who are apparently... Um, uh, joining forces. Yeah, and they they talk about lease a little bit. Um, they kind of, they, you know, you get a little history lesson here, but um, yeah, for at first and foremost, Lena's hair game really good here. Really, I mean, really she top she inherited much. definitely her hair from her dad. Absolutely, and and I I applauded everything I was seeing. Um, because, like, the daughter, now, which daughter would that have been at the table? Because I think there was only one daughter at the table, wasn't I there? I think there was, and that was the dragon rider, which would have make it, made it Reyna. Okay. Her her hair game was more of a tight dread, like Corliss was. And she didn't have the curly hair like Lena did, which was disappointing. I would have liked to have seen both girls have hair like their mom, quite frankly. 
Anyways, <laughs> uh, we get the feeling that Damon would like to accept, but Lena definitely does not. Well, I don't think we even get the feeling. I'm pretty sure it's just like kind of like outright shown to us. Yeah, Damon just doesn't want to deal with Westeros anymore. He just like this yeah. gives him a purpose. He likes he likes having a purpose in some way, but like on his own terms, really. Well, um, I think we'll get into that later in a the the larger Damon and yeah. uh, Lena scene. Um, okay, so is this then when we cut to the courtyard? Um, let's see. We had. Gosh, we had a lot going on because Damon, they get the offer to marry off the girl. Then he's reading with the daughter. They do have more talk about, but I, like you said, uh, the one big thing is that she really wanted to have her baby born in Driftmark. And yes, she, as we'll see later, that she isn't she a wanted thing. her baby born in Driftmark. She wants to see her family. She misses her brother. And he is just so dismissive. He just he doesn't even say goodbye. He just goes right back to reading. And then we get to the boys practicing their sword play. Uh, I think, yeah, okay, we'll get into that when we get back to them. Um, so we get to the four older boys' children practicing their sword play in front of Sir Crispin, Kristen, with um, Harwin looking on. Viserys and the hand are up in a, like a little balcony overlooking it. Viserys is like, oh, look at this. They're all having fun together. It's so great to watch my grandchildren get along. Seriously, like, he played it like any grandparent would. Like, I kind of, I liked how Viserys played off any kind of, like, moments he had with his grandchildren because it felt genuine, like, you know, typical grandparents are. I, I, I don't know. It was like a small little detail that I liked about how he was in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's still doing a great job, but you can see where, like, all of the trouble's coming from. Um. Absolutely. So we then go to, uh, Aegon and Aemond, you know, being like, oh, I kicked the shit out of the straw opponent I was fighting. And Kristen's like, hey, why don't you try to hit me? And he, he doesn't, he's, he's, he's fair, but he doesn't let them land a hit. Yeah, he but he doesn't go out of his way to hurt them either. Like you could see somebody cruel doing. Like I would have no. He just kind of smacked him on. Like the I would have imagined, sword. like whoever Tywin had training Jamie and Tyrion would have oh, yeah, had them, you know, like injured. Then he wasn't like Pai Mei. Yeah. Uh, so Harwin, who's been in the background, says the younger boys could do with a bit of your attention, Sir Kristen. Um. So then we get a sword fight between Jaceres and Aegon. And apparently there's... Eldest versus eldest. How big an age difference do you think there is? I would venture... Three, four years? I was going to say four to five. So yeah, let's say four years, which in terms of, say, a 12-year-old versus an 8-year-old is huge. Um, And Lionel is very concerned watching this unfold. So we get um, them doing okay until Aegon knocks Jaceres down and Kristen tells him to hit him while he's down. Uh, I Seriously, where was the Mortal Kombat guy just to yell out, finish him? So Harwin breaks it up and he starts gathering up the swords and 
So, if I remember, he gives them some shit like you know, that's not a way to. You can't touch the prince that way. Yeah, yeah, that's you can't. You know, that's not a way to be a good fucking trainer. And but you know what was also cool though was Viserys was also like, kind of, uh, reprimanding Aegon too from a distance. I don't know. I thought that was a weird like. I don't know. I, I, just I don't remember weird. that. So, yeah, yeah. He, he when Aegon was like going into bully mode at Crispin's, uh, you know, thing. You, you know, uh, all, first of all, all I can think of is like Karate Kid. You know, no mercy, friggin' sweep the leg type thing. Um, Cobra Kai and, never dies. Yeah, yeah. And, and Harwin, when he stepped in, that's when. Uh, Viserys, he, he he kind of yells from the balcony at Aegon, you know, like, hey, don't take this so so much, you know, so seriously, like, you know. But then that leads to the Crispin and Harwin. And we get um, Crispin saying, oh, your interest in the princeling's training is quite unusual, Commander. Most men would have that emotion for a cousin or a brother or a son. Uh, and then we find out why they call him Harwin Breakbones Strong, because he tackles Crispin to the ground, and I almost thought we were getting a repeat of last week, except he doesn't beat Crispin's head completely in. Just bloody. He could have. Yeah. He Because he, Crispin's supposed to be a damn good fighter at this point, which we've seen him. He's a good fighter. And Harwin would have wrecked him. I imagine, too, Kristen is more of a fighter and along the lines with weapons. And, you know, having somebody just that strong get up on top of you, you can't use your sword or a dagger or anything and just pummel the shit out of your face. Although it does, you know, lend evidence to the fact that they think he is the prince's father. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be no different than if you would put, say, Jamie Lannister versus the Hound. In a bare-knuckle fight, Hound's going to whoop his ass, but when you add weapons to the game, I think Jamie's winning that fight, hypothetically. Prehand loss, for sure. Yeah, prehand. I mean, um, you know, like, Jamie's biggest regret was that he never got a chance to have, like, one of those great duels, like, despite being renowned as one of the best swordsmen in the kingdom. And even the one chance he got to fight Ned, you know, one of his guardsmen, you know, stepped up and fucked Ned up from behind, so he didn't even get a fair fight that way. Right. Um, yeah, I, best thing here was, you know, he gets, Harwin gets pulled away, and Crispin just, like, laughs, and he goes, thought so. Spits out some blood. A lot of blood in yeah. this episode. Yeah, bloody good episode. So, um, if I remember correctly, then we cut to Renera and a maid kind of gives her a heads up over what happened. Yep, so then she kind of starts heading towards... Uh, Out the old secret door that Damon showed her in episode four. Right, and then she comes across Lionel. She hears Lionel yelling at Harwin. Yeah, um... I just really, you know, I'm not even going to get to it, but I really like Lionel, you know, and apparently so does um, Viserys, but uh, he just seems like one of those good guys, you know, like honor, put the realm ahead of my own desires. Hey, Chris, what happens to guys like that? Uh, Well, 
you know, uh, they get got. Unless unless they're Jon Snow, and then they bang their aunt, murder her, and get exiled to live with the wildlings for the rest of your life. Wildling, wildling Poontang. Good on Snow. He's he's doing it right. Or should we call him Aegon? To confuse with we, one of the other Aegons. <laughs> Aegon the 27th. Um, I mean, really, the whole point of it was... I don't even remember. Basically, they both agree. You know, thankfully, Viserys is blind or chooses to be blind about the situation. But yeah, I mean, it puts the whole family in jeopardy. Well, the strong family. Well, not only that, but you know, the princess and Viserys as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, her actions. Which, you know, are very reminiscent of young Rhaenyra. Like, I I don't know. Over the past ten years, did she, like, did she learn anything? Or did she just kind of keep being the same person? Um, I think she definitely learned some stuff. Because, like, this, I don't remember when it comes up, but, but the scene in the small council. The small council? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... I, I I would love to know, like, I would love the flashback to, like, her conversation with Harwin, like, alright, so this is what needs to happen. Like, that would have been an interesting scene at the very least, like, when they first, I don't want to say negotiate, I can't think of, you know, when they first came to the conclusion that he was going to be the baby daddy. I, I find it interesting, too, that he was old enough to already be commander of the City Watch when he discovered her in episode four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, she obviously, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It, it's interesting, yeah. But uh yeah, after that, uh obviously Renera has a type and it involves swords and armor and muscles. And like and certain hair length. 20 20 minute long taking off the armor scenes. Yeah, I could have used another one of those, but we didn't get that. No, instead we get some lactating breasts, so there's that. It's not as cool as you think it is. It is not. Um, so we go to... Which, which is the next scene? Is It It was actually Rhaenyra going to her chambers because her, her tits were... In pain, uh, the <laughs> maid was like, "You know, they'll dry up." And she gives uh, her the uh, like the warm blanket to. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then we get <laughs> the great loud singing, and I'm like, "All right, that's Gabby Lenor," and you know, you're sitting there wondering who it's going to be, and it's Lenor and Sir Carl. Carl with a Corey. C- Carl with a Q. I'm happy to have a TV show in my life where there's a character named Carl again, and yet I feel the same fate's going to beset him as Carl in Walking Dead. Wait, wait, is his name Carl Corey? Carl Corey, yeah. And wow, in one of my favorite book series, there's a the dude's uh, alias is Carl Corey. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they copied that. Or that makes some sense. Being a. Uh, that George copied it because he was good friends with the guy who wrote that before he died. 
And what book series would this be in case people listening to this are interested? It would be the Chronicles of Amber by Roger Zelazny and the main character Corwin, who is an immortal from another world, uses the name Carl Corey when he travels about on Earth. And George R. R. Martin actually was the one who edited the um, the tribute book in Roger's honor after he died. So I would, would not be surprised at all if that was, you know, just a little tribute to his friend. Yeah, a little nod. That makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on in the scene, but uh, I don't... Am I the only person that found the most interesting aspect is that there's a giant, a Tairochi giant general who dyes his hair purple and wears women's frocks? I don't think you were the only person who thought that that was the most interesting. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, a lot of going on in this scene. Um, we get a better idea of Lenor and Rhaenyra's um, marriage. Um, he wants to go fight in the Stepstones. He's energized. He's drunk. Uh, and she's like, listen, your fucking family is falling apart. You're being accused of being cuckolded. Your sons are in danger and you want to go fucking take off. And he's like, listen, bitch, I did my shit for the last 10 years. Um, the wise sailor flees the storm. And she goes, well, as your, uh, your princess and your queen, I command you to stay. Well, I, I, I wrote down, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I loved him going, insinuations, are they? And then she's like, and their true father will not abandon them now to go carousing through the narrow sea, waggling his sword and winking at his sailors. That was a hell of a good line. Yes. It's how sharp the tongue of a, I don't know, wife who just had a baby. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I, we find out Lenor, he's gotten the best things. He's got the best horses, the best wine, the best uh, boys. Uh, so, you know, now he's got to kind of man up a little bit. So uh, this was a really what good What I would argue with Renera is that his family was rich enough is that he would have had that shit no matter what. His whole life, yeah. yeah. Like, before they got together, he had access to all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the only thing... I mean, he even had a dragon. It's not like that was something that he gained by joining with her house. So, uh, but, again, yes. I mean, I think she's 100% correct in this situation. You know, you can't just fucking go off sailing. Although, I mean, at the same time, the fact that he is a warrior and a knight, and he's been stuck not doing these things definitely weighs on him. You can see that, which contrasts to Damon, who I believe finally feels kind of content, not having to deal with any of that shit where he's at right now. Yeah. One thing I was kind of wondering, and I, I know we'll probably never get an answer, but like, how much action do you think Lenor saw uh, from a fighting perspective? Because, I mean, as you say, he's a knight, but he could have gotten a knight ship just because of his father being who he is. Well, but in, in, episode, we know that he did fight. in episode three, he's the one who saves Damon Ass at the end, right flying in on his dragon. Yeah, like, I, I guess I would like to know more about his... So, I mean, ba- and he was, he was there with Corleys and Damon for the entire three-year shit. So, if nothing else, he's at least 
been through that one campaign with Damon. Yeah, I, I think now in hindsight, I wish we would have seen a little bit of him like doing some sword fighting or something, because at the time I didn't think too much about him other than, okay, you can ride a dragon. Yeah, well, I mean, oh. uh, it was hard to tell who it was in the episode, and then, you know, we we had no idea whether or not he was going to become a major player until the next episode. So, yeah, I get you. I get you. I, I'm with you. By the way, they did the dragons much better this week than they have. I think the dragons look best this episode than they have all season long. Like, they didn't, there wasn't much fake look to them. Like, they, they edited and everything really well. Uh, I think there were more close-ups and, and less um, just, you know, like action scenes. So they really had to from, from that perspective. Right. I agree. Uh, so then we go, where do we go then? Uh, Lena's daughter, Bela holding the dragon egg to the fire and talking about the hatching. Okay. Um, which then leads to, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't she talk to Damon dragons and all this stuff? Uh, Oh, there's more than one way to bind yourself to a dragon. That was something I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Do we know more about this whole binding to a dragon process? No. Okay, because I mean, because she said that she was without one until she was fifteen years old, and I think that's in, found that this one's eight. So that um, that's in the time jump. R- right. No. No. What, what I'm saying though is just, I, I guess I was kind of under the impression that you know whatever egg you had once it hatched was your dragon I didn't know you could attach yourself to one later on but clearly this whole scene was put in place for what would later come later I I'm, can only assume that yes because yeah because Lena's dragon ends up becoming Eamon's dragon Lena's dragon becomes Damon's dragon Eamon's Amen's okay. Yes, with a D. Oh, so you can see we know this? you can see how the kid who got bullied all of a sudden ending up with the largest dragon. Oh, I thought that Bela was going up with with the big dragon, honestly. No. Oh. Okay. Well thanks, Chris. You just ruined the whole series for me. I know. I'm sorry. Ruiner. I know, I, that's uh, my nickname. <laughs> um Anyway, after that, we, we get uh, Lena finding Damon outside. Uh, Lena uh, sent a letter to Lena about, you know, the new baby. And <laughs> Damon's like, does he bear resemblance to Harwin? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, just being Damon and, you know, I miss my brother and he misses his Westerosi wine. Yeah, this is where we get the most... Uh, yeah. explanation between Damon and Lena for where they're at in this episode. Yeah, I think probably the most important line, because it was the foreshadowing line, was you know, he spends all night reading and she's like you know, she wants oh, maybe she doesn't. Is this where she talks about wanting to die a good dragon rider death or something, or is that later? It was. I think I thought it was either this one or earlier. It might have been earlier. I don't know. My notes are a little weird. So, 
But either way, the fact that he's not even sleeping, he's just staying up all night reading about this is very odd. Damon doesn't never struck me as a guy that just sat down and read at night all night. Did he? Well, you? I mean, this is also coming from an angry wife, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. I can't relate to that yeah. at all. Yeah, so I mean, um, uh, I think Damon feels, if not happy, at least content for the first. He's He's basically sworn off politics. He's sworn off war. He's just got his family. He's got his dragons. He's being hosted and given everything that he's asking for. And he doesn't have to deal with the politics. He doesn't have to deal with the war. He doesn't have to deal with, you know, proving anything to his brother, proving anything to the rest of the realm. He's just kind of like, this is what I should have done fucking ages ago. Yeah, if you're not going to get to be the king, go do something fun and not be miserable. Yeah, I mean, that's like a perfect uh, summation on life, Kent. If if anybody's listening, Kent is Kent is very spot on there. That won't happen the rest of the season. Well, no, I mean if you can't be king, do something fun, or at least yeah, yeah, not be, miserable. Plus, being king, you know, is never nearly as fun as people want to make it out to be, as we know. So, anyway, uh, after that, we. Is this when we get this small council scene? Yeah, yeah. This this is the small council scene. It's, it's a good scene. I mean, and this is this is another good scene, and it. I, I laughed because one of the things we said last week too is like, what the fuck has um. What what was Blackwood? Not Blackwood. What was the um, the one like. Lime, what what the fuck has Lyman Beesbury done the entire show? I think I, oh yeah, like, I was like, hey, there he is. And, and you then know? he's there, and he's like, he's he's obviously old enough that he's forgetful. Like we look in um the guy who was the the high septon, he's gone, and yeah. the one who had actually come up with the um the poultice for Viserys instead of just bleeding him with leeches is now the new high septon. Yeah. So I thought that was or or why I thought that was a little cool um, you know. A little something to pick up on for people paying attention, but Beesbury's like, what, "What's going on? Yeah, I, what, what did they say?" I was like, "That is all he's done the entire season on the small council." He must love his roles. Like he's made good money just doing jack shit, but he's awesome. But it's basically become very apparent that the council has come down to basically the queen versus the princess. Yeah, those meetings seem uncomfortable as hell because as soon as one proposes one thing, the other one immediately is like, yeah, but what about this instead? And it just feels like the most counterproductive thing in the world. So we get basically is that the Stepstones are acting up again because nobody has been occupying them and keeping the triarchy from trying to move back in. Um, and the Triarchy is working with Dorne now, And right? they're working with Dorne, apparently. Um, like, who knew the Stepstones were that important, but... Corleys. <laughs> Smartest dude in the room. <laughs> well, first of all, can we can we acknowledge that the Brackens and Blackwoods are... Still fighting. ...pulling yeah. some Hatfield and McCoy stuff? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We can. <laughs> um, and that's all over River Run and the Tullys and... Catelyn Stark was a Tully, right? Yes. Yep. So, um, so, so we get um, 
like an awesome answer from Renero. You know, like Allison's like, oh, we sh- we don't have to deal with this. Let the Tullys fucking deal with it. It's a Tully problem. And Renero's like, there are gonna be fucking commoners who know where the fucking border's been all these years. Just fucking ask them. Let them establish it. Right. It, it, it was. There's so many snappy comebacks here. It was it was basically the Westerosi equivalent of like this story about King Solomon saying, you know, cut the baby in half to figure out which parents it belongs to. Yeah. Yeah. And then we we go into the um the stepstones issue and Renera's like we Allison's like Damon abandoned it and it's all because of him and Renera's like no we abandoned it because he took it for us and we never bothered fucking stationing men making a fort and Allison's like it costs too much money and Renera's like well war is even costlier and Allison's just like yo this is finished like because she didn't have a comeback yeah that's exactly what it was but Rhaenyra's like no no I got something more so she makes a um, kind of like an apology to the queen and suggests that her son and Alicent's daughter were married to unite their families even more. Um, Viserys is happy. Alicent says she'll consider it. And then uh, who is it? Who po- is it Alicent who points out that Rhaenyra is lactating at the moment and it's gone right through her dress. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And yeah, this is also the word they talked about Cyrax bringing back uh, Offer- more eggs. Yeah, having another clutch and if he does or she does offering um, one of them to Aemond. Right. Um, yeah, and then Allison points out that she's lactating Viserys is still smiling ear to ear, though. Like, first he was really like, "Are we still talking about the stepstones?" But as soon as like grandchildren and like marriage and stuff, he's like, "Oh, I'm happy again." Oh, look, my family is getting along, even though I don't really understand what's going on anymore. I want my daughter to marry my grandson. <laughs> that was the proposal, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is. God. In most families, that would not be cool. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, but here, this is uh, the norm. So, cool. Good on them. Um, and, and basically, like the whole way that this ends is like, once again, Allison's like, pissy. She don't want to accept that. She's like, well, the old guy's tired. He needs to go get his rest. So, this is done. So, we then go to Viserys' study, correct? Uh well, for, first they have to like do the walk and talk where she okay, just yeah. complains and every time you how know, sweetly just... the f- the fox speaks when it's <laughs> been cornered by the hounds. Yep, yep, and yeah, as you say, then they go and uh, Lionel comes in and she's they get into a study and she's all making sure the series is comfortable in his chair and fluffing his his uh, pillow for him and Lionel comes in and he's like, listen, dude. Uh, I can't be your hand anymore. Uh, he's like, my son's actions were a disgrace. I can't think critically. I can't give you unbiased opinions. So, peace out. And Viserys is like, no, Lionel, Halwyn is 
Oops, Outburst has been demoted from the City Watch. That's all he needed to be punished for. You're the only person who's ever given me good advice. So you need to stay. And he's like, ah, fuck my life. He's like, okay, well, I need to at least take Harwin out of the capital and go put him back at Heron Hall so he can prepare to be the ruler when I'm gone. And Viserys like, yo, word dog, go ahead, do it. And Allison's like, what? You're going to fucking let that shiz run? And then she's like, fucking fluff your own pillow and walks out. <laughs> I love that. At some point, yeah, I love that scene, were you yeah. not expecting like, Viserys and Lionel to like do like a fist bump or something like at the end? Because... I don't know. There was. Well, I mean, yeah, that's all he can do since you know he's only got the one fist. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. But no, this was this yeah, was another I'll, example of like why I liked liked Lionel as a character. You know, he, and I mean, if Viserys expounds on it, you know, you're the only one who's given me unbiased advice, untainted by um, what the what the hell's the word he uses? Um. Uh, I can't fucking think I, of it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. But you know, it, like the more that he kept talking about, I'm like, Lionel, no, say something mean right now. Become a dickhead. And your life is in danger. Sir. And oh, and and he's he's like, you know, there's there's slander out there. And Viserys is like, what is it? Say it. And Lionel's like, I, I can't. You know, like unfortunately, as much as I honor you, I can't say you know what it is. And and Allison gets pissed off because of that. So, oh yeah. yeah, she was licking her chops like, oh, he's going to finally drop the bomb. The series can't doubt it if it comes from his hand. He's only got one yeah. hand. He's got to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, immediately we go from that to the queen's advisor. Correct. Allison joins Laris for his feast that he has started early. So, so what are we calling him? Because I've seen people calling him the the littlest finger, the little little toe, the middle finger. <laughs> wow, people are really uh, working on this. Okay, um, gosh, I like I like little toe quite a <laughs> okay, bit. Okay, so little Larry's little toe strong. Because he's got the foot thing, yeah. so it only fits, right? Yeah. Uh, he's looking good, by the way. So um, she comes in. He's he's already eating, and they're having just a quiet meal together. She's like, well, you didn't need to open the wine. And he's like, you know, eating a meal without wine would be just monstrous. <laughs> like, yeah. did, did he channel his inner um, Tyrion right there? <laughs> That's all I could think of was Tyrion would have said something like that, you know? So, basically, she tells him what's going on, and he's like, because he's like, oh, you know, I haven't heard what's, normally I give you information, but I haven't heard what's going on, so this time it's you returning the favor. And she's like, your father tried to resign, but Viserys wouldn't let him. And he's like, oh, well, we know why. And Oh, and in the midst of this, Talia just walks in, and they're just like, Talia, get out. Yeah. We don't know who Talia is, but she's one of the helpers, and she has a name. I don't think it's going to matter much, but um, yes. Uh, so Allison starts bemoaning the fact that Otto isn't the hand anymore. And she's like, he would speak the truth to the king. And he's like, 
uh, yeah, but he would be self, you know, he wouldn't be doing it out of the goodness of his heart. And she's like, yes, but he would favor me. Is there no one in all of King's Landing to take my side? She could not have been more petulant than she was in that moment, right there, which was great. But yeah. Um, she, okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Good. Um, no, it, it was just. Uh, it, she. It's funny because she's like, will nobody take my side? And you're sitting there going, all right, Crispin's took your side kind of because you forced it, but you know, still got your side. Laris has got your side. Uh, you know, there. How many people there are really saying no to her at this point? I mean, she's putting the king to bed when she wants. I mean, yeah. So, I don't know. She just seemed kind of like a crybaby here because it, she seems to be running so much stuff right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, so it's. I don't, I, I don't know. Like it, if. Anyway, anyways, um, is this when we go to the next birthing scene? Nope, this is where we go to prison. Okay, okay, so we get a... From basically this point on, it seemed like they rushed the rest of the fucking episode. Big time. Like, everything up to this is a good episode for right after a time jump. Yeah, because I'll tell you, so... Basically, most of the things I've written down note-wise are almost like a, a third to a half of what everything else was. So that, it's funny that you mention that, but it's true. It feels rushed. So so the, the, the portion that we've talked about up to now is what I really liked about the episode. And there were good things from now until the end, but it's rushed. So Larry's goes to the, um, the prison and... I don't think we know it's a prison right away, but we end up finding out while he's speaking to the uh, the prisoners. And there's what five of them, and he's like, "We have a, there's there's at least six. we have a murderer, a deviant, a blah 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 a traitor to traitor the ground." To, I didn't recognize any of them, so if we were supposed to recognize a traitor, I didn't. Uh, no, I don't think we were supposed to. And he's like, uh, "I have a, a way to keep you all alive, but you're not going to like it." Uh, and just a little price, just to a little pay. price to just pay. Little and then we, we see, um, one of the dudes getting his head held down and they take a pair of pliers and pull his tongue out and they cut his tongue off. Yeah. That was a pretty gangster scene right there. My son happened to come in the room right as we were watching that. And I had to be like, Hey, Hey dude, no, look away, look away from the TV. Look away from the TV. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad scene to walk in on. I mean, at least he didn't walk... I don't even know. The, the, between that and the window scene, I don't know. There's some scenes in this episode. Um, okay, so now we go to the birth, correct? Correct. Um, so we basically get a repeat of what happened in episode one. Uh, Lena is giving birth, and the doctors can't get the baby out. So they offer Damon to cut it out, and he's like... They're like, we have a chance of saving the baby. And he's like, um, what about the mother? And the guy's like, no. And in a complete reversal, you know, the brother who is supposed to be selfish and self-centered and a bastard does not sacrifice his wife 
to try to save his baby. Although it doesn't work out for him well in the end because uh, like I'm seeing you know, in this description they're saying ashamed at being unable to bear Damon a boy. She puts herself in front of the dragon and yells to carries, but I was I was assuming that she just wasn't able to pass the baby and so she was going to die anyways. And so she yeah, yeah, she brings herself I had nothing yeah, to with- She brings herself in front of Vagar and she yells at Dracarys over and over again and the dragon you, the, first he's like she's like, What? I can't hear you and then she's like, I don't want to do this and finally she breathes fire and immolates uh, Lena. Um Am I the only one that I, I you know, I thought about this as a scene was happening, I'm like of course Damon's going to be the girl dad in, in this show because of how he was with Rhaenyra. It only made sense that he was going to be in the one that had the daughters, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like a perfect fit because I'm super excited to see where what he ends up doing with the daughters as far as uh, – clearly he's going to be much more attentive to them moving forward I, in my – I'm thinking at least. Mm, maybe. I think so. Um, so then I believe we go to Harwin leaving. Yep, he says goodbye to the boys. To Renera and the boys. And it, it seems, you know, the, the kids are finally like, hey, is, is that my real dad? Am I, Am a, I bastard? a bastard? Yeah. <laughs> and she says, you are Targaryen. That's all that matters. So it was a good response, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean it's alive, but it's a good response. Um, so then we go to like a courtyard, um, and Lenor is sword fighting with Carl Corey, <laughs> and she says, "That's right." She says, "We're done in the capital. We're leaving. We should have left years ago." And Lenor is sad, but she's like. Bring him. We're going to need every sword that we can get. And then he smiles, and Carl smiles, and everything is happy in Westeros. It, it, it almost feels like they... I mean, obviously, they didn't, never made Jamie and... Why can't I... But the dude that was awesome, and that always kind of fought by Jamie's side. Like, why can't I think of his name? Bronn. Um, Bronn, yes. Mm-hmm. I knew it began with a B. Like... I almost feel like a similar bond, except obviously we're, I'm assuming we're led to believe that uh, Carl and Lenor are romantically entangled as well. Um, but I feel like we might be able to get some scenes between Lenor and, and Carl that are similar to Bronn and Jamie. I'm hoping, like, in a battle at some point. Um, well, I don't want to ruin anything for you. Damn it, Chris. Damn it. Go on. Um... So then we um, we come to Harrenhal, correct? Uh, yes, because they they have like a great big convoy rocking through the night, yeah. and and we get now, we get them arriving, and uh, Harwin and Lionel and Lionel, we get a scene of him in bed, and then all of a sudden we see smoke, and the castle is on fire. Uh, okay, yeah, before we get there, we see a single shot of one of the dudes who had their tongues cut out, you know, following the convoy. Did 
Was it just me, or did that guy look strikingly similar to Otto? Um, a little bit, but not, he was the traitor, and that was why I was like, if we're supposed to recognize him, I don't. Oh, okay. So that's where you were approaching. I was just like, when I first watched it, I'm like, well, it makes no sense for it to be Otto, but he he looked a lot like Otto to me, so that was my note. Um, What's up with the pin on the shirt, though? I don't know. I'm wondering if that's like maybe maybe this is where we're finally getting like the predecessor to the spider kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, so we see there's a fire. Harwin's door's been barred shut. Uh, he's he's gonna die. Lionel tries to break it down with a crowbar. I don't know why he had a crowbar in his bedroom. I mean. You don't sleep with a crowbar? I'm not a lord of, you know, Harrenhal, but no. Oh, okay. uh, I sleep next to a machete. I I have a K-bar in my room, but not a crowbar. Okay. Uh, Part of the ceiling collapses on Harwin, and then we get the next morning where we find out that Harwin and Lionel have both died. Yeah, I mean, why not just kill my second favorite character out? And right... As we find out that they've died, we see the five guys that Larry's recruited kind of fading into the background. And then I believe we go to a scene with Larry's and Allison again. Is that correct? Yes, I was muted. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was channeling my inner Russell because that's what he used to do. Uh, yeah, basically, this is one giant, like, a, a scene, but it's also a voiceover scene to kind of tie the episode together. Um, so yeah, she's which I have the whole quote if we want it. Yeah, but go ahead, we go ahead. Need it. Okay, um, <clears throat> Laris, he says, "What are children but a weakness, a folly, a futility? Through them, you imagine you cheat the great darkness of its victory. You will persist forever in some form or another." as if they will keep you from the dust. But for them, you surrender what you should not. You may know what is the right thing to be done, but love stays the hand. Love is a downfall. Best to make your way through life unencumbered, if you ask me. And throughout that, we saw, well, we saw the the Rhaenyra and the family approaching Dragonstone, um... Viserys kissing his ring, uh, a rat in Viserys's, Viserys's room, um, all the dead bodies from the fire, uh, Damon now with his two daughters. So, yeah, I mean, all they were missing was like super sad music or something. I don't know. I, they did have different music for the scene, though, I think. Didn't they? Yes. I think it was more ominous than sad, though. Yes, you're yeah. right. And then you got Larry's like twirling a little flower in his hands while he's doing all that shit. Yeah, now I mean because now he's jumped up to number two for me. Um, I because I mean they killed off number two and four for me in the same episode. So thank you guys very much. I don't know where Lionel was. He was too good to be in my top five. But I did, I really liked Lena, and they killed her off too. So not a great episode for me as far as people I really like getting got. You know, and, it, and like I said, it felt rushed towards the end. Like, the whole recruiting of those guys, like, A, who the fuck were any of them? How did he know that they were down there? 
you know, the recruiting of them, sending them to kill his father. You know, we never get any kind of inkling that Larry's either hated his father and his brother or was just power hungry enough to be willing to murk his entire family on the chance that he's got like uh, leverage on the queen now. Uh, you know, we, we don't see really too much of, you know, the, the children's personality. We get a little bit of their personalities, but not much. So there's not really much to distinguish themselves. Like shit. We, like we said in the episode without, um, synopses, we wouldn't even know two of their fucking names. Right. I really would have actually liked a couple more minutes on the whole recruitment process of the prisoners. And I don't know. They, yes, I, I know, I knew that Lionel died, but they didn't really, something that they're shying away from at times is like actually showing the character death. Like, yes, they definitely made it clear that Harwin was dying, but I, I don't know. Like, they probably should have shown something else happening in Lionel's... Because, yeah, yeah, it looked like the ceiling fell on Harwin, and Lionel was still able to get out of his room. And then, nope, he's dead. Right, yeah, they they needed something else to just indicate, okay, Lionel also got it, other than just implying it. They, they spend so much time on certain things, which is great, don't get me wrong, but if you don't have a 70-minute episode, okay, give us 70... Two or seventy-three minutes, and explain a little bit more of the prisoners. Show show a little bit more as to why Lionel couldn't get out. This, that, and the other thing. You know, it's they're they're taking like people say show don't tell, but they're taking that to heart and they're not telling you know some basic shit that needs to be said. Like I mean, even going back to episode four, you know, like when we talked about what was Damon's motivation, you know, in taking Renera into the city and doing that shit inside the brothel and then running away at the last fucking minute. That whole character arc still annoys me from that episode because I'm still sitting there like, okay, I just fought three years in a war, three plus years. I come back to Victor, and my whole goal is to take my niece out, get drunk, make out with her, then reject her when she's totally into me, and wake up drunk, and then piss off my brother. Well, I mean, I just want to point out now, Kent, that Renera's. Boy Toy is dead. Damon's wife is dead. Renera has two sons, and Damon has two daughters. So I'm just Ooh. I'm just saying. Are you planting some seeds there for for things to grow? I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know Damon and Renera hook up because I'm pretty sure that Laner's going to die next episode. Oh. Oh. I'm really liking this hair game though. Well. If you look, they're starting to do the actual episode counts for some people on IMDb's, and this version of Lenor is only for episode 6 and episode 7. Well, and we do see, uh, once again, I, I know sometimes you don't see like what's next week, but we definitely know s- there's some blood on somebody dripping down somebody's arm. I, I, didn't, I didn't see it, so... Which... It's, I'm it's fine. still not yeah. sure if it's Viserys or not because it looked like a regal wear, and I predicted episode seven. But if he doesn't die in episode seven, Viserys ain't dying until season two. Oh no, he'll, he'll, he'll be dead before the end of this season. 
Well, I mean, I mean, because I mean, the brave guy. I mean, you, you picked two episodes in the blog. What did I say? Eight or nine? Kind of bet the field. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I could see him get like going onto his deathbed in eight and dying in nine. So you know, like he's a, for all intents and purposes, he's dead. You know, like shit. Robert was what? At least the same thing with Drogo. Basically, for all yes. intents and purposes, dead in one episode, but he lingered on until the next one. I gotcha. So you think he's going to be all but dead by the end? I of think whatever is going to be happening him, to him to cause him to decline is going to happen in this next episode. Because I'm pretty sure that ring that he was holding was Rhaenyra's. Like she was basically saying, "Like fuck this, I'm out." And so that was why he was sad. And the rat is basically the fact that like the kingdom is fucking crumbled under his rule. Dude, that was such a... Am, am I wrong And all I could think of was the damn Departed? Like... Because didn't they do the same thing in the Departed at the end with the rat? Uh, I don't remember. I mean... I remember, I remember being shocked by most of the ending, but... It, yeah, I mean, it could have been. I'm fairly certain... That at the end there was something to do with the rat and I was like okay that was a little on the nose but it was a really good movie and so by the time I saw this I was like okay use a different animal or something because once again yeah I know what the symbolism well, is they but spent so much on the dragons this episode they had to bring back the rat they used at the end of last episode <laughs> licking the blood off the floor I hope it's the same well no he would have had to get on the boat when they left Wherever. Well, because Dragons. the the um the wedding took place in uh King's Landing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So I mean, he just had been you know like, in in real life, he'd only be like a couple of weeks older. But in the the show, he would have been like a twelve year old rat. Maybe he's Mister Bojangles, or he, or he's Nicodemus from Nim. There's that too. Who's Nicodemus? The leader we of the have rats. Options. Who's the leader of the rats? So, like, I I think a lot of people probably really liked this episode, and I liked the episode, but there was there was enough substance in this episode that they could have. This could have been at least an episode and a half. I I, I agree with what you said at the beginning of this this podcast, where you were like, "Are we watching the same show? This feels like either a new show or season two. And I completely agree. Okay, so, and I'll tell you exactly why I said that, not just for the obvious reason, but so as I'm watching this, I watched this, I started early enough so I thought I could play some video games um, and, and whatnot. This took me almost two hours to watch combined with the notes because I had to take so many notes because there's so many damn people to keep straight again. Because I just got comfy with who was who, and now all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, now I got, you know, 10 plus new characters? Or, or you know, 10 people aged, you know what I mean? So it's starting anew all over again from a note-taking process. And not only that, but there's a, still some, like, people who I would term major players that we have no idea what's going like, what's going on with Corleys and Rainies. You know, are they even still, are they still alive? Are they not? What's going on? Right. I mean, I'm assuming well, we they're still alive. Who's coming because, back next um, week. Oh, who's coming back? 
Otto. Oh, I figured. Uh, yeah, he was. That was. I mean, kind of a given. I, fig- I think figure we know that Corley's at least is still alive because Laner would have become Lord of um, what the hell's the place called? Was it the thing that began with the F? Uh, not dragons. Falstone. Yeah, but their their um, castle. He would have been Lord of that as well, and he is not yet. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to ask this, and okay, this is something I want, I'm going to ask in the blog, anyways. But uh, just because I, you know, I like getting you and Jim's opinion here. But uh, one of the big carrots that was dangled in episode five, I don't feel was touched upon, was what Damon was supposed to do regarding the veil. Like, the veil was never mentioned, and that was a huge carrot that, like, sounded enticing as hell moving well, forward. see, it wouldn't have been the veil. It would have just been Runestone within the veil. Because because okay. he was going to the veil to petition the the lady who ruled the veil. Lady, yeah, lady Jane. who ruled the veil for Runestone. But yeah, like you said, completely abandoned within the 10-year time jump. I I guess, you know, like, that conversation with Gerald, although it was really good, now in hindsight, I'm like, okay, like, th- what purpose does it I serve? I mean, the same thing, like, you know Kristen had to have been punished in some way, yet oh, we yeah. get no idea of what that is, and instead, you know, he's basically in a better position than he was ten years ago. I mean, so, I, I, and to be honest, I don't really think they needed to change actresses. I mean, if they could age everybody else up, what was the fucking deal? Yeah. They they could have used slightly older actresses for young, the younger versions if they wanted to and just age them up a little bit and it would have been fine. Be- really, I, I don't know. I don't want to blame the new Rhaenyra, but I don't like her nearly as much as I like the previous one. Yeah. Yeah. She could be great, you know. Yeah, we'll uh, have to see. Unfair to judge. We'll have to see. After one episode, it's hard to tell. By the way, did you know that there's a dude in this episode called Lord Jasper Ironrod Wild? <laughs> no, I did not. You're welcome. I did not know. That was like, what was what was the uh, one you told me about the the hip hop witch? Oh god! You told me about that. Um, that made my day that day too. So. Y- yeah. Dude, here's something else. I mean, this is way off track, and I don't care. Uh, well, actually, we'll talk about this at the very end. But So I watched The Black Phone, and I kind of wanted to talk about that at the end of this. But when I was looking up Black Phone, as I typed in Black P, all of a sudden somebody's name came up. Black Philip, which you've seen The Witch? Uh, yeah, that was the ghost name, wasn't it? So. Yeah, the goat. So I was like, wait. And come found he's like a composer or something for a couple of things. I was like, oh my god, there's a real-life Black Phillip. That's fantastic. So, sorry for the off-topic thing, but it made my day. Um, did this episode... Alright, were you more pumped at the end of this episode or last week's episode? Last week's. Me too. I feel like, yo, know, I feel like we've almost hit the reset button, and now the next, few, 
you know, next two to three episodes are going to have to crescendo again, which I guess was kind of inevitable. Yeah, right? no, I, I would agree. I'd agree. Um, and, and, you know, really in past Game of Thrones seasons, if you look back, a lot of stuff usually happened in an, a fifth, the fifth episode, and then we'd have a couple... We'd have six, seven, and eight, and then we'd have the big battle of episode nine, and then we'd have the big season finale. Uh, do you do you foresee any big battle coming up in episode nine? And if so, would you guess Stepstones or would you guess? I, mean, I to be I honest, I don't think we're going to get another battle this season. I don't. We don't know enough characters for there to be one, right? Well, basically what we've gotten is the equivalent of uh, Jamie throwing Bran out the window. So, I mean, that's the, that's yeah. the point of where the, the conflict is, you know, like the first casualty. So we would have to get the equivalent of like Ned going to King La- King's landing, finding some shit's wrong. Um, you know, and then, um, the splitting of the sides, but I mean, as long as Viserys is alive, there's no battles. Yeah, and even right after See, he dies, it's not going to be a battle right away because, again, basically what you're going to have after that is, again, the splitting of the sides, or as people are starting to term term them, the blacks and the greens. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I still like that whole the the. Old Town for the Green or whatever from the previous episode. I, I still liked that little tidbit. was good. Um, so Rhaenyra giving up, basically just going to Dragonstone, was it? Mm-hmm. Like, so she's not going to be on the sm- small council. Is she, she, this is basically her quintessentially giving up. Do you, do you, does this feel like her giving up the Iron Throne in some no, way at all. to you? No, okay. She's marshalling her forces, and basically, the Dragonstone is where the the heir is supposed to live in the first place. That's why when Damon took it, it was such a big deal. Oh, okay. Well, learned something new again today. That's cool. Uh, but she's going to don't she'll lose in influence within the small council or did she have any influence in the small council based on what we saw? Oh, I would, I think she did because I think, you know, people at this point are probably responding to her as a leader. And the only one who isn't, which would also be the biggest impediment impediment to her was the queen. Yeah. I would hate to be on that small council dealing with those two. I just would. That would have been awful. But so do you think like I feel like at one point we discussed that Rhaenyra was gonna have potentially a child named Aegon. Was that not something we discussed? Uh I thought so, but uh maybe it's with Damon. Oh Okay, that fits everything you're kinda going with. Hmm. So, all right, wait. Now, hypothetically speaking, so she has Jace, Lucas, and Joffrey now. And then 
If well, for some, if she ends up with Damon, Joffrey hasn't had a name day yet, so True. might not be might if not be Joffrey. <laughs> what? Well, that, that was I guess that was part of where I was going with it. But the other thing is, all right, Jace is the oldest. Would Jace still Jace would still hold the first birthright even if Damon and her had a baby, yes. or would that yes. trump no. it because? No. Okay. Unless it was outed that they were bastards. Well, okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if it's outed that those three were bastards, but then she had a pure Targaryen baby, does that trump things from a political perspective or no? I, no. I mean, if, if that happened, then she would probably just be removed as well. All right, so she'd be forf- she would forfeit it if it's found that they were bastards, which they don't have a Mori Povich, so yeah. Because it, it's not like, again, just a sexist thing, but it's not like she's a dude siring bastards. She would have been the one who had to have cheated, you know, and she would have cuckolded her husband, and none of the lords would fucking stand for that shit. So, double standards. World's full of them. Fair enough. Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to in this next episode that, you know, going through your mind like something you kind of want to see? Because I don't really... The only, the only person that's really got me by the balls at this very moment is Laris. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't... I hate how, like, they think that, you know, they have to make an asshole to fucking make a good character. Because again, you know, like we have none of his fucking. I have no mo- no idea what fucking motivates this guy. Yeah, and, for, he was just the shy, quiet guy with the. Yeah, bump he seemed foot. to be. You know, I'm 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 going to be you know a manipulator or whatever, you know, to the queen, and then all of a sudden he's fucking, like, if he's just a lord, he he's not going to inherit anything. Like, why is he allowed to go in and just free free criminals from the realm, and like cut their tongues out and make them his pot. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. That needed to be explained a little deeper. And was it, I, I don't know if it was implied or if it was implied just in my mind. Like, I feel like he now has spies. Cause like, he seems to be well informed based on him saying like, Oh, it's surprising that you're actually the one coming to me with information as opposed to vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think that might imply that he has spies of some kind, or maybe he just. I, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like him and T- Lionel were all that close. If he was willing to do that, so I can't imagine he had that close enough relationship to know those intimate details. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're showing too much without telling us. You know, you got to give some details to this shit. There, there's, there's frustration. Like a lot of stuff happened, but. All that stuff happening doesn't mean as much if there's not a better explanation. So, I don't. I, this was not my favorite episode. I don't even know where this ranks, but it probably ranks behind four, five, and one for me. I, I mean, there was things I liked a lot. You know, like the the princess fucking walking directly from her fucking birthing bread to brace the queen but again you know like so far from what i've seen i i don't think that we necessarily got better versions of the characters too much is unexplained 
uh, and just too much was rushed. So yeah, definitely not the strongest episode. So I don't understand why a whole bunch of people are saying, oh, this is where it fucking feels like Game of Thrones again. Like, Game of Thrones wasn't just about murdering characters off. Like, I don't think, like, for the number of characters who were killed, you know, you had way more fucking episodes where it was political maneuvering and all of that shit without anybody dying. Last episode felt more like Game of Thrones to I would me agree. because of of all the subtle gestures, the looks and stuff. Like that episode had a lot of cool subtle looks just between Viserys and Alicent and Damon, for example. Mm, yeah, subtlety, tapestries. Like, whatever subtlety they went for it was too unexplained. <sighs> well, we for half the cast we haven't been given a chance to know them so we don't know what the fuck any of their looks means kind of thing yeah I need to know what Iron Rod's looks mean and I need to know who Iron Rod is was he the new guy on the the, the high con- the small console I think he was he's Lord Lord Jasper and they did mention a Jasper you're right I think he was the one who replaced he may be, may be master of coin since Corley's wasn't there Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We need an update on him too. But yeah, okay, that makes sense. All right. So you got our ideas in an extra long episode. And before we wrap it up, Kent, why don't you go into the black phone because this is one I've been dying to watch but I haven't seen yet. And I really am a big fan of Joe Hill and Scott Derrickson and Ethan Hawke. So. All right. Every once in a while, you and I don't necessarily agree on horror. Mm-hmm. You know that that happens. I think this might be one of those things where we may not agree on. Did you um, not like it? I, I, I didn't like it nearly as much as I wanted to. It's not a bad movie. The this is one of the more complicated things I can say is that the acting was really, really good because you know how much I like Ethan Hawke. I like James Ransone. Is he uh, in it? I didn't, the, I didn't realize he was in it. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, you could. Just by looking at IMDb, you know he plays the brother of Ethan Hawke's character. Oh, no shit. Uh, um, so it was kind of cool to see those two reunited. The guy that plays the father of the abducted child, uh, the abducted child himself, and his sister. His sister, she is an awesome actress. She had a great role. So the five main characters all acted really well, all had a lot going on for it. That's not my complaint at all. The writing was not bad. The story was not bad, but here's my problem. So we all, you know, the gist of it is, you know, a kid's abducted, dead kids communicate with him through the black phone. Here's the problem is that a dead kid communicates. It's like, Hey, do this. Then the next three to five minutes is the kid going ahead and doing this. And, it's rinse repeat over and over again. And it's like they spoon feed this aspect, but then there's certain times where it's like muted voices. So you don't know what's happening. I wish they would have done that with some of the phone scenes. So we didn't know exactly what to expect next. Instead, I will be very surprised if there's more than like, perhaps the ending might be slightly tricky, but if you've been paying attention, you already know kind of where the twist is going. I did not even know there was a twist. So, as it's it's a very minor as twist. As they say it's in Robot twi- Chicken, what they twist? <laughs> yeah, the the twist is not um 
all that substantial. And furthermore, there is one scene where it's so obvious, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. So, you know, somebody finally like kind of steps in and, um, I'll use Scatman Crothers uh, in The Shining. Like, you know, like he steps in, you're like, yay, the good guy finally comes in. Then you're like, oh no, he's going to get got type thing, right? Mm-hmm. There, There's something similar to that in this. And the way that they filmed it, they clearly covered like a good portion w- with like a door. So then like once the door was open, it'd be like your hot ta-da moment of, hey, there's the killer. It was like, <sighs> it felt like very cliched. And, I know it sounds like I'm shitting on the movie, but I really walked away saying I was so unimpressed. And this is like the fourth movie of this year that I was super excited to finally see. And I avoided going to see it in the theater. And then I finally see it at home. And I'm like, I'm just, glad I didn't Just see. out of curiosity, what were the other three? Uh, Firestarter. Okay, yeah, we talked about that one. Uh, Bob's Burgers, the movie. All right, I'm not a big Bob's Burgers fan, but okay, I could see that. Um, gosh, what the hell is the other one? Or maybe I'm thinking of Thor, and I haven't gotten around. To, the other one's going to be Doctor Strange. I haven't gotten around to Doctor Strange. Oh, so only three. I, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the Doctor Strange too, but I did enjoy Thor. So I've heard great things about Thor. I think I'll enjoy that. Let's, let's I, put I'm it like sure. this: like if you enjoyed the humor in Ragnarok. And you you like yes. like what we do in the shadows. You'll probably never seen. You'll probably get the humor in Thor, but if you ex- go in and expect it to be like Thor one, which was relatively light on humor and you know very Shakespearean, then or like Winter Soldier, you know almost no humor and very serious. You're going to be disappointed. But if you go if you go in expecting a comedy, and I'm letting you know that's what it is. It's a fucking comedy. It's not. Yeah, yeah. first and foremost, it's a comedy. Then it's a superhero movie. That's fine. Thor Ragnarok was my favorite Thor movie. I didn't like Thor one all that much, despite all the hype. Yeah. Um, but you know, you mentioned Winter Soldier, and I really liked that. But by the same token, with Captain America movies, I don't go in expecting any kind of comedy. Now they've set the bar with Thor having a wit to him and like the characters on the side. Yeah, I totally want that comedy. Uh, you know, along the same lines as like Guardians of the Galaxy films, I want the comedy. And you know, like so, having watched it, I would definitely say it wasn't like there were a lot of people when it came out were like, "Oh, they're completely eclipsing Thor, and he's stupid, and he's ineffectual." No, I mean. Yes, Thor is definitely not the most intelligent of the Marvel heroes, for sure. And we've established that. Um, but they don't eclipse him in the action scenes or any of that shit. So, I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to like it. I, I, I genuinely think I do. I will. And I may even like the Doctor Strange movie. I don't know, though. I see. Do- I've heard mixed things. Doctor Strange felt like half of what it could have been. You know, like if they had given Sam Raimi more leeway to do what he wanted and less constraint in what they needed to actually include in the show, the the movie, like there's, don't get me wrong. There's like one fucking amazing scene and you'll know it when I see, when you see it. And it's, it's not even amazing for like what's going on in it, but just what the content of what's in the scene. Okay. But 
like a lot of the ideas just fell flat. Fair enough. Anyways, we've got a smile coming out. I mean, that looks interesting. We have smile coming out. We have the Halloween movie coming out. We have the stuff that's on Hulu. Uh, I was just recently reminded that Terrifier Two is coming. Oh yeah, out, I saw uh, the early part. The, weren't, didn't you put out something like they're holding a competition to give away like? Yeah. yeah, there's a contest going on, so that's kind of exciting. Um, I also just saw that in Rochester, they're having a special viewing of Chopping Mall, one of my favorite 80s horror <laughs> movies, with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, no shit. I didn't so, even know he was still I mean, doing shows. I, yeah, I, thought he I had retired. no idea. I guess it's... He did, but like he, I mean, because I follow him on Facebook, and he still does like appearances. And I think that's the whole idea is that he's doing like a special appearance. I don't know. If, I don't think it's a drive-in, obviously, in Rochester this time of year. But so uh, the last thing I'll ask you before we stop is: Have you okay. seen the trailer for Hellraiser? Was that what you're talking about by the new stuff on Hulu? That was one of the things I, I was talking about. I've seen just a little. I, I know. I, I don't remember much. I know there's the female Hellraiser. I know they brought back uh, the one Cenobite that I like. Uh, Cheddar. What is it? The- yes. yes, yes, yes. And then they have a new Cenobite, right? They have. I don't. I don't think I've seen it. Or if they did, they didn't show it very much in like the the main trailer. It would have been in the teaser version. Okay, I was going to say I, I'm pretty sure I read about it. Maybe I didn't see it. Maybe I read about it. You know, getting my wires crossed. Um, uh, I'm excited for it. it. It looks pretty good from what I saw. I mean, I guess a lot of it will depend on you know what they're able to show. Mm, yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I I think it's a shame that something like HBO that's so you know uncensored by and large. Like, I would love to see them take on a horror series. Uh, well, you should watch 30 Coins then, like I told you last year, even if it's in Spanish for the most part. I don't mind. I, I'm picking up Spanish every year a little bit more and more. Uh, and the one thing... I've been watching some movies with Spanish, and I'm like, I know what they're saying without the subtitles. Well, the one thing I really enjoyed in that, besides... Oh, dude, it was just a good show. Uh, and season two, hopefully, is still being worked on, even though HBO is chopping, like, lots of shit. Um was like it's a spanish show but when they go to like america you know the people who speak english speak it flawlessly when they go to japan instead of speaking you know spanish and then putting subtitles no they speak japanese you know and they subtitle it and so you know like wherever they're at they're actually speaking the actual language instead of like what we would do here where it would just be all in english probably gotcha yeah yeah, I I will give that because November is going to be my t- get get back on the TV horse thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, October is going to be yeah. you know, yeah. mainly movies and house um, and Walking Dead. I'm behind on that. Uh, I got what three? What is it? There's thirty days in September, right? Yes. Or is it thirty one? So so I got three days to get a lot of stuff done and I know I'm not going to but and I gotta get caught up <laughs> last thing is did you see the trailer for M. Knight's new movie um knock at the knock at the, the cabin <sighs> I saw something posted about it I don't think I actually physically watched it no. it looks interesting it I mean, good? but then again 
I would say that every single one of his trailers has looked good. Yeah, I still haven't watched Old. That is going to be a movie I watched this year. And I'm also looking forward to trying to find Nope, but I don't think it's streaming anymore yet. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit before that one comes out. Eh, hopefully there's a sale on it, but I don't know if I... I don't know. I may not get around to it because I'm not spending $10 on Jordan Peele movie without full confidence. Uh... I, I spent $5 each on Us and Get Out, and that was $5 fine. But $10 I'm not going to do because I can get two movies for 5 bucks. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Um, All right, so when are you starting your October stuff? Are you actually starting right on the 1st? Well, I was planning on cheating a little bit and getting a few movies done uh, in September, but here we are, and it's the 28th of September, and I haven't done jack shit, so uh, I'm failing in life as uh, I would say it's less uh, that you're failing and more that... House of the Dragons fucking release schedule was a bad one for both of us. It, yeah, it was, but that's okay. Um, yeah, it's okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, I guess here's a fair question. Since we discussed this after we went off air last week, uh, we should may as well announce that we are going to explore the the mummy. I didn't remember if we said it in the show or not, but yes, we are going to do a special little light franchise uh, podcast for October. And I, you know what, you can go fuck yourself if you say that the mummy isn't a horror franchise because it's horror adjacent enough to me that I fucking love it. Um, the Brennan Fraser one. So we we are adding to the Renaissance that's going on right now. And I'm insisting on also reviewing the Scorpion King because I just want to sing "I Stand Alone." Um, so it's going to be a good. The time. Scorpion King uh, had a good soundtrack. I, I actually still have that soundtrack. That soundtrack was awesome. Um, I don't know when in October we're going to get to it, but we are going to get to it in October. Um, yeah, I'm excited, and then. During October, I'm sure we're probably going to have an A and B portion of this podcast where the B portion is I'm going to probably go off a little bit on some horror movies I saw and we'll have a little horror chit-chat if time allows us. Sounds good. Anyways, this has been an awfully long... We've almost talked twice yeah. as long as the episode was. <laughs> so, um, I hope you people have a good night. If you're in the path of the hurricane, stay safe. Like I intend to, and Kent, I will talk to you again next week sometime. And people, beware of any pink hoodies. There may be a spider. Yes, pink hoodies and the pink dread that you get from the pink <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice tie-in. With that, I'm out. <laughs>